Hey, Sarah. Hi, Shayna. Ready to do this? Welcome to Women of Intent. Woo! Women with Intent. Yes, ma'am. I'm happy to be here. Yes. All right, so. My name is Sarah Salou. This is. Shayna Meddy. Okay. Big purr. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Women of Intent. This is our podcast that we created, and we are all about what, Shayna? We are about empowering women, um, talking about real life issues, um, sometimes even some that might be embarrassing or um, things that we may want to shy away from. It's all about putting it on this platform and creating a community. Okay, definitely. And so I think when we were talking about the podcast, you said something to the equivalent of filling up our cup and having it overflowing so that we can pour into others. Definitely. Um, pretty much in a nutshell to further explain that is, um, a lot of times personally for myself, I was pouring into others. Um, I just was depleting something that wasn't even full to begin with. And me starting this new journey, um, which we will get into later. Um, I just really want to create an environment where women can come to the forefront learn and build on themselves and understand that they may not have all the capabilities towards things, but for them to get a better understanding of who they are, how they can work on those things to then get a cup that overflows. Yes. So we are all about that. We want to have interesting women come on our podcast and we're going to speak about anything from just the woman's journey, going through their different successes, their downfalls, the battles that they go through. Um, we're going to go talk to people who have different types of jobs, interesting jobs. Not everybody's a doctor, lawyer, and a teacher, you know? So women who are breaking those barriers, those that's some interesting things that we want to go over as well. And also, too, we're going to add in that we are Caribbean. So Yes, bullet. <laughs> I am Bayesian and Haitian, so sapate. Straight Jamaican. <laughs> and pretty much in a nutshell, just kind of also, too, just exploring that we are new um, imports from um, New York. Yes, that so, moved to Georgia. That moved to Georgia. So just kind of like how we're transitioning, how do we feel about it, going to give you guys some insight into that too. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so just to lightly start this off, how are you feeling? How am I feeling? Um, I am making some huge decisions right now in my life, mm. but I know that it's for the better. And I understand that I am going to make it through whatever um, is thrown my way because God is on my side. So that's how I'm feeling. For real. I feel like moving to the South, you have no choice but to get closer to God. Truly. It might be a Southern thing. Who knows? Because they do, but you know, praise Jesus. But they say, bless your heart. Bless your heart. But they're not trying to say something nice. That's not a good thing. Yeah, exactly. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Okay. So. How are um, you feeling? Oh, oh. How am I feeling? I'm feeling so excited, honestly. I've been looking forward to this all week. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I've been like, I feel like an audio engineer. I feel like a TV host. I feel like everything. I feel very excited. Awesome. Okay, so just to like go over something that happened this past week, the Super Bowl. Okay. But it didn't feel like the Super Bowl. It felt like Rihanna's concert. Mm, okay. 
But I wanted to know from your perspective, because I don't know, are you a Rihanna fan? I do like Rihanna. Um, yeah, I do. Do you? So with any celebrity, I'm never like over, like I don't go crazy for the concerts. I actually have never been to a concert. I know it's shocking. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You have to change that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely going to try some new things in my life going forward. But um, I like her. I like her music. I like kind of what she stands for. She has her own style. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel she's not cookie cutter, and that makes me like her. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what attracts a lot of people to Rihanna. Also, she's Caribbean, too. I mean, Bajan. Hey. Yeah. On a low, my cousin. No, I'm joking. No, but, but for real, though. <laughs> Which is, like, awesome. Oh, so man. for the Rihanna concert. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. Because, I, I like, the only reason why I knew who won is because it was on social media, right? Um. I thought it was really good, but a lot of people said that she was low energy. A lot of people said that it wasn't all that. And um, my thing was, since when was Rihanna like a break dancer? Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. never really gave mm-hmm. one, two, three, N. Right, right. So I'm going to be honest here. Okay. I didn't see it live. I saw it on Instagram. You, did you see clips of the whole thing? I saw clips. I know it. I thought I saw clips. But what I will say about it that people feel to understand, number one, she, um, I think, didn't perform for seven years. So I think that I got that correct. Mm -hmm. Um, She was pregnant. I mean... There was that. There was that. That factor for me of her being so Mm. high up Mm -hmm. and possibly even putting her life, her her child life at risk. Right. Um, So I'm going to be the auntie here. That's what I do. Um, (laughs) Pretty much in a nutshell, I thought that was amazing. And I know when you're pregnant and you have a big um basketball in front of you never experienced you 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 may not want to be able to do everything under the sun and i think a lot of people just always have something negative to say because that's just what people do they're negative that's true i agree with that um yeah because i i didn't agree with the whole what everybody was saying and da, 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 da. i thought she looked great people were talking about the color that she was wearing it was red so what somebody told me that the red and the white signified like like the red was her ovaries and the white was sperm. I think people think too much into things. <laughs> That's what I think, but all is well. Okay. So, all in all, Rihanna's awesome. We're big fans. So, we're going to get straight into the topics that I wanted to talk about. This is going to be our first topic of our podcast, and that is children. But not just children, specifically women who do not want children. Gotcha. There's okay. like a whole thing on TikTok and on social media in oh. general about women who are choosing not to have kids. And people or women are going so far as to sterilize themselves. Wow. And to literally take their ovaries out. So if you don't know what um, sterilization is, it's basically an operation to permanently prevent pregnancy fallopian tubes are blocked and sealed to prevent the eggs from reaching the sperm and becoming fertilized. And especially with the overturn of Roe versus Wade, there has been like an uptick of women doing that. Mm. So I wanted to know, as a woman who has children, okay, what is your thoughts and opinions about this whole movement of women not having children, not wanting children ever, like women in their 40s, like no. Mm-hmm. I don't want them. I'm not going to have them. Women right. in their 50s, 60s. Good. Right. So um, I want to start off by saying I think it is a personal choice. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely children, uh, they are highlights, but they definitely change your life. 
Yeah. And um, everybody parents differently. Um, for me, I was very, um, I am very consumed with my children. Uh, they, I kind of base my life around them and yeah. what's good for them. Um, I am happy to be a mother. I am happy to know that I have these little people that I care for and that they're going to continue on even after me and continue generations to come. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's a personal choice. Um, I also believe that what's going on in the world where women are not going to have the right to have abortions if they want to. Yeah. Are key factors that, um, we need to, you know, go a little deeper because some people are not right for parenting. You have to have patience. You have to be self, uh, you know, can't be selfish. You have to be able to really make sure that you put those kids first and everybody can't do that. I think you hit it on the nose with some people aren't right for parenting. Mm -hmm. And a reason why I really wanted to bring this up is because people are mad. Like people are really upset about the fact that there are these women who do not want kids or choosing not to have kids and are capable of having it. And they're taking it almost personal. But mm -hmm. to that, I want to say, and you can piggyback off of it, I feel like a lot of people who are parents don't need to be parents because right. they're bad at it. Right, right. So I would say, kind of just to piggyback off the first half of what you said regarding, so when you're a woman, kind of sometimes you feel birthright is to have children. Mm -hmm. And some women have fertility problems. Mm -hmm. And it hurts them because they want this nothing more than the world. They thought they were born to be here to bear children, and they can't. And it might infuriate them that, you know, somebody who is able to produce, that is choosing not to do it. Um, it's just kind of like in life, you always want something that you don't have. Right. And um, I know that if I had to swallow that pill, I know that I could not have children because of this natural elements, it would possibly could make me feel lesser than a woman. I'm not saying it's right, mm. but everyone has their own thought process regarding it. And that's why like this is a touchy situation. So I want to make sure that yeah. I'm not trying to offend anybody out there or tell you that my thought is right, but it's just my honest opinion regarding it's a, it's a personal thing. Um, and some of us like me, I knew I wanted to be a mother and I'm happy that I am a mother, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah, and it looks like a lot of work, and I feel like you do it very well. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate we love, that. We love the cousins. I don't, I don't know why I want to call them nieces or nephews. I know. I know. Well, you might feel... Because, you, you know, you're on the lower auntie, too. Okay. You're slowly, slowly going into the auntie bridge. Okay. So, I'm 21 forever. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I, I feel that exact same way, and I think that people who take it so personally about the fact that people don't want kids, I think it's something wrong with them. It, it feels like social conditioning, like that whole American dream thing of mm -hmm. white picket fence, mm -hmm. the kids, the house, da, 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 da. And some people do want that. And then some people that are like me who are like, cool, just living in a condo and I just want a pet. Right, I right. Just want, I just want a little doggy. Yeah, no, no, not Or a cat. Well, that, that would be your child. I think that you can decide I do want a kid eventually but I always knew that I didn't want to have a kid in my 20s like I always knew that I wanted to be like 30 and that's when I feel like my brain would be fully developed and I'll be able to like say okay maybe now it's time for a family honestly if I could go back and do things differently I would definitely have done that um I was younger when I had mine mm. first child I was actually 24 just to put it out there and wild. um yeah if I meet a 20 year old four year old now 
I would be like, no, don't have a kid. Just because, like, I was a responsible parent. I always, I really did a lot of things correct. Uh, I mean, I always put her first. Mm. But I, looking back, I think early 30s, I would say 32, 33, it's like an ideal time to have kids because you are got everything out of your system that you needed to, and or hopefully you did. And then now you're really just, you know, maybe more driven with your career, you're you're able to provide for this child in a different way so you can give them emotional and physical uh, support rather than just giving them one, one off. I think that that's ideal for me too. Like I feel like at 33, 32, hopefully around that age, I'm like way more established, heavier in what I want to do and, and like and enjoy and money has doubled, tripled and it's just like, okay, sure. Yeah. Not saying that if that doesn't happen, then it's like I'm a failure or whatever, but I just, I feel like that's what I want my 30s to be about. My 20s, I just always knew that my 20s, I was going to be figuring things out and just making all the mistakes in the world because I want, I want that. I just saw that for myself. And then my 30s is just when I want to be. Life lessons. Life lessons. So therefore you can reflect and guide these children through. Exactly. um, Through life, basically. So yeah, that's that's nothing wrong with that. Okay, so there are some things that I wanted to also touch on in combination to women being single, right? Okay. So a study was also released that women, that single women, are most likely the ones that are owners of houses. Okay. Have their own properties. Okay. Are like really established in their career. Okay. So, and let me find it because I want to make sure. So this is an LA Times, I think, article. Okay. No, Lending Tree. So it says, while U.S. women earn 83.1 cents to every dollar a man makes, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, single women own more homes than single men. So I want you to guess which state has the highest single woman home ownershipness. Atlanta. You would think. I would think. But no. Where? Louisiana. Mm, okay. New Orleans. Mm. Okay. So in Louisiana. FYI, men, go down there. Who's looking <laughs> for a woman? Right? Like, that's where they're, well, you know, in here too. You know, I went there. Went there. Mm. But <laughs> in Louisiana, yeah, that's the highest share of homes owned by single women. Next is North Dakota and South Dakota. Um, those are the only states that have single men with the higher, with the highest ownership of a home. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what is that telling us? So it's like a choice and it's really like, so give you a little bit of backstory for me. Um, I, uh, pretty much in a nutshell with a mother, uh, is a mother, sorry. And was trying to build a career and it's like, and also it's find time for self. And it's so hard because I had to try to balance them all, but you can't because you're human. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you do, you're going to neglect something. And that's why, kind of like picking it back up our first conversation regarding being established would already allow you to not have to be maybe so career driven yeah. because you already kind of know what you're doing. You will, you would be in that place. Therefore, for you to you know, then get a partner who has the same life goals as you. Mm-hmm. So therefore, when the children do come along, it's not so uprooting it's more like them just understanding that was a part of the the whole picture right 
instead of feeling neglected, because that's another conversation, but men can feel neglected when children come along. Mm. Yeah, they can. So if you could do it all again, how would you piece, would you change anything? Definitely. Like I said, I would, uh, you know, definitely um, enjoy my 20s, mm-hmm. you know, have my, get my partying out, get my traveling out, um, really just, you know, be career driven. Don't feel like I have, I'm neglecting my daughter. I felt like I neglected her because I was being career driven when I was younger. So mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't have to choose. I could have been a mom, like to JR. Um, I was able to be more there for him. Yes, my child, sorry, my, my nugget. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was able to be there for him a different way. And that allowed me to really see a difference in my parenting style. Um, and, you know, just overall, I would say like, I would have fun in my young uh, 20s. In my early 30s, I would, like, late early 20s, I would get married. Early 30s, have um, children. So you do want some years with your husband with no kids there. Because mm. that allows you to build a deeper relationship and a deeper bond. And then when you guys are both ready, because you have to both be ready, yeah. then insert children. And then from there, the outlook is just like, we want to raise these kids. What do you feel about people who, like, let's say they get together, mm-hmm. they're, I don't know, married, together, whatever that unionship is, and then they decide to have children and, like, move state to state to state. Do you think that's healthy? Well, I know a lot of, like, navies, mm-hmm. like, uh, army. Not navy, not veterans. I'm talking about people who just want to just travel and just do random stuff with their kids. Do you I, think that's healthy or should you stay stable? Honestly, it's up to the family. I really think it's the core. Mm-hmm. When I'm really... The more that I like further my thought process regarding parenting, mm-hmm. it's so important that the core is strong. Because even if two parents choose to do that and everybody understands their role, but not that it's like you clean, I cook, or you make the money and I do this, but really a role of like whatever this household needs to function, mm. to make it us work and for us to succeed. When you have those two people, you can do anything. And I really believe when two people put their mind together and instead of this whole gender role crap Whew, and really that's a get whole nother, yeah 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 like ugh it's bad out there like yeah. the whole gender role and masculine feminine what a woman's supposed to do i feel like or even what a man is supposed to do to be honest what with a you. man's supposed to do and they're trying to change that in ways that it's just like obscene to me it's like there's no such thing as chivalry. There's no such thing as romance. There's no such thing as just like mm-hmm. fairy tales don't exist, right? So, so I I feel like I feel like for me, if I did have kids, I would be I think I would either raise them in the city so that they can experience life hard, <laughs> okay, and grow up like really. I don't know. I just I just like that idea of having kids just exposed to everything all together all at once, just like the movie or. Um, I just don't, I don't see me living in a suburb. Okay. So it's funny because you come from the suburbs. Which is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I could kind of give you a little bit best of both worlds because I think I, I had best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from Brooklyn. Um, okay. Luckily, yep, hey, Flatbush for life. Wow. Um, <laughs> but pretty much in a nutshell, um, you know, um, I, I lived in Brooklyn. Um, we had a great apartment. It was super safe, but my mom wasn't the type of mom that allowed me to go out. Like, if you wanted to play, feel free to play in her living room. Was like her take wow. towards things. 
Um, so I had cousins who lived in Queens, who lived in Long Island. They they went to the Catholic school. For me, I love that inner city because I have street smarts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able to, you know, like assess situations, understand when there's danger, which I feel like sometimes Queens girls or Long Island mainly, sorry. Um, the Long Island girls don't come for me. But <laughs> um, pretty much in a nutshell that they may not, like things will go over their head because they just weren't exposed to it. And, um, like, my kids, let's just say, um, we moved to Georgia. We are in the suburbs. Um, I think it's important to parenting mm-hmm. and the, that I make sure that my daughter has best of both worlds. So I don't really think you have to put them in the city to put them through hardships. I think what you just need to do is make sure that they understand, like, a thought process that they should have. Because mm-hmm. okay. nowhere, anywhere you go, there's going to be challenges. That's a fact. Um, just to get back to the thing about Long Island girls. So oh, here's the thing. You see, um, I, I I gotta be careful. I gotta be careful <laughs> with this one. No, you know what? I feel there's just so much stigma about people who do live on the island that we are just like la di da and do do do. And it's so crazy because we look to people in Queens and Brooklyn and we're like, oh my gosh, y'all are lit. Y'all are so much fun. That's why we go to like we know we have vibes. <laughs> But we do love having our own backyard. Exactly, exactly. And that whole thing that comes, I think, is really all just like backyards and parks. That's really what we got going on for us. But um, yeah, I, I see that point. I see that point that you're talking about. But I think I am gonna raise my kids like maybe like no, maybe I'll have them play on the st- the stoops. Right. You know what it is? Like you said, you you bring them to cultured places. Yeah. You let them see the difference of how they live and how other people may live, and you give them. Try to build like, empathy and consideration and let them understand how grateful and privileged they are for whatever you're able to provide for them because there's somebody on the other side yeah. that doesn't have that lifestyle. Okay. So then circling back to the single women who are choosing to not have kids at all. Okay. For them, do you think that if you choose not to have kids that you have to like do something in place of that? Like... If you're not going to have kids, then you should be successful. Or if you're not going to have kids, then you should own a house. Or do you, do you think that it's right to be like, if you're going to choose to be selfish that way, that there has to be some type of reasoning behind it, action behind it? Okay, so I always try to put myself um, to see two sides of a story. Mm-hmm. I never like to just look at it in one way. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, somebody might say, hey, you have all that free time on your hands. What are you doing? What did you do with your life, right? Because, like, typically Mm -hmm. people feel what? You kind of go to college, you get your education, you meet that husband, you then, uh, you know, have babies. Then after the woman raised the babies and some people work. And it's just that, like, white picket family idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, let's say if you are able to not mother somebody directly, Mm -hmm. be an auntie, be, be a friend. Be someone there that someone else, you can somewhat mother them, but you don't have to mother them full time. Mm. Um, I think that it's something to take into consideration. I am really big on giving back to people and teaching them to kind of like build our generations to come. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying they have to do that, but right. I think they could live their life. And if they made the conscious decision not to bear children, it's better that way than people hurting their children or abandoning them and then putting another angry individual in the world because they have abandonment issues. Yes. That's a real thing. So they're really not selfish. They're selfless. Like they're, they're, they're actually doing something good. They they really are doing something good. 
Because you know yourself, and it comes back to what you were saying about that self-reflection in your 20s and the growth and all that kind of stuff. You know yourself so much to a point where you know what's for you, what's not for you kind Correct. of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. And then I think that's just really comforting to those women who don't want kids. And I think we really need to take away that stigma of what just being a human looks like and what that experience has to be. It doesn't. It's not for everybody. You're not meant to have the same life as everybody else. Fit in your different categories, fit in your different groups, do what's best for you. Well, actually, that's what I kind of like about the younger generation, to be honest with you. Yeah. I get feel like, um, yes, I am telling you guys my age. <laughs> Still young. <laughs> Still young. Got a lot of life in me. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for what's um to come. But pretty much in a nutshell, like, you know, I like that you guys are breaking barriers, not feeling you have to conform and do things like finish high school. Mm-hmm. During my era, when I was kind of growing up, people didn't have to have education to get far. If you worked hard at a job, you could grow within the ranks mm-hmm. if you wanted to. That has gone out the window with college and having degrees or experience to get anywhere. Yeah. But I like that you guys are like branching off. You guys are like saying, hey, I'm going to make it my way, my world. And I respect that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I feel like for this conversation, definitely I would want somebody's output that's from somebody that does not want any kids, like at all, at all. Maybe somebody who's even sterilized. Mm. And just to get their perception, their thought process, how they got to that moment. I think would be really interesting because, like I said, you have kids. I know that eventually I do want kids. But for somebody who decided, no, that's it. Because you always have that friend that's like, no, I don't want no kids. And then, like, a month later, they're pregnant. You know, like, for somebody to go that far. I think sometimes, too, what people fail to understand in life, um, they didn't find that right person to have kids with. Like, that. that's like a whole nother chapter where, you know, having children is a full-time job. I think it goes on our parents with their eternity, right? Because mm. like, no matter what, we are grown, but they still care for forever. us. Exactly. It could be many different factors. They didn't want them. They didn't meet the right person. Um, there's just like so many different factors that go into it. And that's why if a person is saying that's not what they want, we should respect it. And if a person says that's what they want, we should support it. Because um, there's a lot. There's a postpartum depression. Woo! That's a big one. Postpartum depression, not having a partner that's there to show up for you. There's the financial aspect to it. Like, there's a lot of moving factors. There, there, there's, I tell people this all the time, and I say, like, having children, it is a lifelong decision. And um, if you want to do it, when I mean by right, there's no wrong or right way. But for me, my thought process is when I brought my kids into this world that they will always be put first in mm. any situation um, they will be the center, but women have to also be careful with that because if you make your children the center and you don't continue to build with your partner, mm-hmm. um, those children go away, they move away, and then they leave you. Mm-hmm. So somehow women always have to be juggling multiple different things by being a great mom, yeah. but then still being there for their husband, but then also being there for themselves. Yeah. And it's it's a lot. And sometimes people just don't want to do it because it's a lot. I feel like we have so many things that we can talk about on this podcast. Like, there's a lot to go over. There's a lot to discuss. Being a woman is hard, but it's it's awesome, right? No, definitely, definitely. Um, even if sometimes I say I'm a woman being a guy, sometimes, but it would be so much easier. I will say that. You know what? I really no one would govern your body. Well, I'll this this what I say. Um, I I always say like genders and people think it's hard being a woman. I think it's just being hard being a human being. It just depends on what type of human being 
you are because there are single guys out there not single they're single but they're parenting and they're choosing to like Mm. be the primary caregiver of their kids that's ins- I want to see what that looks like. Yeah, that that would be cool if we got a guy to come on who's a primary parent. Who's a primary parent? I feel like those don't exist. I feel I only see them. But on, they like, do. I see them in movies. Yeah. So if you are a single man who is a primary caregiver of your children, like your children are living with you, and you are not with your baby mom, or like dating, you know, like you're like single trying to raise a family. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to meet you. You can. Well, you can be dating, you just don't have the female in the household. Not in the household, yeah. Yeah, not in the household. So, or not, whatever. I want to meet somebody like that. I want to meet somebody who had sterilization and is like 100% behind it. I would love to meet just people with different stories that can contribute to these conversations. Definitely. So, if you know somebody like that, you can email us at womanwithintentpodcast at gmail.com. Um, share your story. If you want to be on the podcast, maybe we can like, I don't know, call you in, phone you in, phone zoom you in. Yeah, we could definitely zoom you in for the situation. We can do something like that because I think that'll be that'll be cool. Definitely, we're looking forward to it. Contact us. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's it for our first episode. I think I think that's pretty good. I, look, I I had a blast. I'm excited, and you know, guys, support, show up. And take this journey with us because trust me, I got some tea for you, honey. That you would just gonna be like, "Mm, let me just get that wine and sit down because this (laughs) is a good time. This is (laughs) next time there will be wine. (laughs) There will be some wine. Yeah. Um, But yeah, please follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Women with Intent podcast. We are two Caribbean women living in the South, just trying to. Survive. Make a and, and, and and be great. I love that. Making a difference. Be, be great. great. And just being the best version of us. Because that's all you could do. Be the best version of you and lead with God. Woo. And with that being said, thank you. Bye. <laughs> okay. I think we did it. We did a great job. We did a good job too. That was really interesting, Sina.